podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic are finally back to it this Sunday as they take on Bucky Thistle in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup, four o'clock kickoff at Celtic Park. This is Tino with the Countdown to Kickoff Live, joined here by James and Paddy. James, I'll come to you first. Your initial thoughts ahead of this one? I think first and foremost, it's just good to get back to football. It's not been the, the longest break, but a break nonetheless. Um, and we had good momentum getting into that break. So just listening to uh, Roger's press conference today, um, sounds like he's he's keen that they get back into that rhythm. Rhythm was the word they kept using, the pattern and the rhythm they were in before. Um, and it's a great game to come back into because, you know, Bucky, they're not where they are by accident. You know, they're, I know that there's levels to to football, but they're flying. They haven't been beat since August, um, and they've had a great cup run. And they're, you know, get games in hand in the league if they win their games in hand. They're top, all that stuff. So they're having a great season. You know, confidence at any level can can really impact teams. You've got to, you're going to have a team that's fully motivated. So there can't be any any napping from Celtic on Sunday. Yeah, when I checked recently, I think they'd won 10 games on the bounce, uh, including a couple of those Scottish Cup games. The game to get them through to this one, Paddy, it was against Brockburn, I think, Brocksburn, and a 98th minute equaliser to take it to extra time and penalty. So they've got something about them. As James says, of course, there's there's levels and and various levels between you know Celtic and them, but they'll be coming here. This is this is their cup final to use that cliche. Uh, they'll be absolutely buzzing at the prospect and I said before, I said it on the weekly show it should make for an interesting and, and lively afternoon on Sunday Yeah, it could be one of those games where I think if the if the conditions don't even play on your side you know, you, you put yourself under just small amounts of pressure I do think we'll have, we'll have too much for them but I just think it could be one of those just stuffy afternoons for maybe the first half an hour um, on, on what will probably be a, a cold Sunday at Celtic Park. Um, like you say, they will be they will be up for it. Um, but I think that we will be too. Not kicking a ball in in uh, three weeks. I think the guys will be will be itching to go and just yeah, just just be ready for it. To be honest, um, good in a sense that we're we're not going to see uh, the likes of Kuhn and, and the likes of uh, Carter Vickers on Sunday. I think that it would be. It wouldn't be the, the wisest thing to go and play them. I think we've got enough in the tank uh, to go and to go and uh, do the job here on Sunday. So, yeah, all right, it would be nice to give the guys some minutes and maybe maybe get a wee assist and a goal here. But I think uh, I think we'll just play it sensible, get ourselves back into that rhythm that James and and Brendan's been talking about, and and just kick on for the rest of January. Yeah, that's the plan. Before we get fully stuck in, just a wee bit of housekeeping here. So if you're watching on the YouTube live, thanks, first of all, for joining us. Be sure to let us know your comments and thoughts uh, in the comment section. And if 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 we can do, we'll include them in the show. If you're listening in the podcast version, as always, uh, please follow and review us where you can on Apple or Spotify. We thank you for all your support last year and looking forward to kick on for the year ahead. James, what about the, the mood in the camp? You mentioned the, the form that Celtic were in before the break, four runs from four including that huge win against Rangers. And they've had a wee bit of time off, but back to it, you know, over the last few days or so. And I'm sure the players will be ready to go uh, and to get started again. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, we've got players away as well. Got to bear that in mind. Um, factor that into things. You know, Hattati was just just getting back to to playing and stuff. So that, that's, that's a frustration, but all part of the game. We knew that was coming up. And the rest, you know, Roger's spoken in the uh, press conference about the size of the squad 
and you know he appreciates that footballers want to play football. So if anyone is not out out and is on the periphery of maybe being out, this is an opportunity for them to show what they can do. I think they'll get chances, um, but I think youth will get chances. Rogers was keen to stress that he'll be you know playing playing youth as well as focusing on getting that rhythm. So I think we're probably looking at pretty strong starting eleven. And then quite a lot of changes if the game is in any way comfortable, maybe even at half time, which would be quite early for us. But I think we'll see some use from the start and um, some coming on. But like I say, this is a chance for these peripheral guys to to stake their kind of claim in the last chance to loom. Yeah. Barry, you've mentioned that uh, new signing Nicholas Kuhn won't play uh, normal Carter Vickers. I think they're just being sensible with Carter Vickers. And Brendan Rodgers says he'll be back for Ross County next weekend. Same with Kuhn. He should be available for Ross County, but the chat is that he arrived, I think he had some dental treatment, he got some teeth taken out about a fortnight ago, and he couldn't eat, he lost a bit of weight, different things, so he's not quite ready for this one. Someone was bemoaning the fact that, oh, there we go, we're signing another another injured player. I don't think you can account for the guy having to go to the dentist, so we'll, go, we'll give the club a bit of leeway for that one. Um, I suppose before we get into the, the team selection, though, Paddy, and, and what that might look like, what about the, the signings or, or lack thereof? So... Kuhn, at this moment in time, what is it, 19th of January? He's the only one on the door. A few exits. We've seen Quan go on loan to St Mirren, uh, Adam Montgomery to Motherwell, Yusuke Adeguchi out the door permanently back to Japan. Um, but not much else apart from that. Does that concern you with, what, 10, 11 days left of the window? It does concern me. I think that we're, we're adamant um, at the beginning of this window that we need to, to bring in another left back. And, and definitely, I think... We need to be careful about our, our striking partnerships as well. Sorry, our, our striking uh, our, our striking partnerships up up the top. I think we've we've lost a few players in that position around this time of year, and I just think it's being careful, um, just being being aware that we could lose a Kyogo, we could lose all through injury as well as never mind being away in the Asian Cup. Um, that siren in the background is not for me. Um, the the thing I think for the next two weeks is making sure that we're we are going to get those deals across the line. But I, I'm really really worried that we're we're waiting on players leaving first. That's the big thing for me. Um, and I know you, you mentioned about Idiguchi, but it's sitting with me that there's still a bit of Deadwood sitting there. It's just there doesn't seem to be much talk about the rest. So I think we just need to wait and see what happens. Yeah, you've mentioned that a few times, Paddy, and it it certainly looks at this moment in time. Like the club are waiting for some exits before we deal with some income and stuff. Brendan Rogers, James, if as you said, you watched his press conference, he said something like, "If it were just about getting bodies in the door, we could have done business." You know, in the first few days in January. But again, he's he stressed this now several times. It's about getting quality in and getting the right players in. He seems quite happy with Kuhn, and I think you know we've discussed him at length in the weekly show there uh, a few days ago. I think we are generally quite excited about what he might bring. But again, same question as to Paddy: Are you are you concerned that? The other bits and pieces of business, which are really, really required at the moment, don't seem to be happening just yet. Yeah, there's a mix of things. I don't actually think we're waiting for exits before we can make signings. We're only looking to make two real signings now, between now and the end of the transfer window, if you say left-back and striker. Um, I think we've got capacity for that in the budget, even just taking who we've taken off the wage bill. So I don't think that's the big blocker. I think the big blocker, genuinely, in a positive sense, is Rogers. He's looked at that transfer window in the summer and said, that's never happening again. And that's his reference comment to, I can put bodies in the door on the 1st of January if, if you want that, if I let the recruitment team run riot. But he's raised his bar. 
and said to get in you have to be Coons level or better. So I think it's it's Rogers that's it's welcome that he's having a far more control over this transfer window. But the real thing at the end of the day, and it always comes down to it, is Celtic could sign more guys like Kuhn and levels above Kuhn in terms of experience and whatever, if they pay the money. You know, the reason we're finding deals hard to come by is because we're shopping in a budget that doesn't befit our revenue, doesn't befit the amount of income that, that, that we bring in as a club and the, and the competitions we are seeking to participate in next year. You know, you, you sign a couple of guys and you make 60 million. I'm not saying go Rangers, we of course, you know, bankrupt yourself again with players you can't afford. But there has to be a wee bit of, you know, if we sign a 7 million guy instead of a 2 million guy, then there's a chance, a really good chance that we're going to make that 60 million back in the summer. So there's a lot in there, a lot going on. But I think the, the welcome thing is that Rogers is in far more control of this window than he was in the summer. I think Kuhn was his first genuine signing. Yeah, he seems to be in, you know, and people will reference some of his quotes in the summer where, I don't know, he talked about Thiago Holm being an exciting young talent and Lager Bielka, you know, you know, having something to offer and all that kind of stuff. But what else can I say? You know, new guys come to the club, he can't say, oh, I'm excited about Lager Bielka. I mean, it's nothing to do with me and he might be decent. We'll just need to wait and see. He, he can't take that approach. So you understand some of his quotes from the summer, but I think you're right. Now that there's been a, a bit of prep work, you'd like to think, in the run-up to this window, he can now lay claim to say, yes, I was fully involved in the Nicholas Kuhn move. Uh, you know, we, we watched him, we, we pulled over the footage and we decided he was a good fit, and hopefully one or two others to follow. What might be very important in this window, and there's a lot of chatter about it just now, is the exits, right? So I think we're all very comfy if Kobayashi and... Seagrest and Burnaby and McCarthy and, and maybe even Lager Bielka and one or two others. If they move on, that's all good and that's part of just trimming down the squad in general. The other two big names, and it's two of Celtic's biggest uh, doing the rounds, is Carter Vickers and Matt O'Reilly. Paddy, how concerned are you about that? You know, there's always got to be speculation, you know, at any given time about Celtic losing players. And the suggestion is that West Ham, Brentford, and maybe Forest are in for Carter Vickers. And then there's a couple of big headlines that a couple of Serie A clubs. Um, and Serie A is a league that seems to be floating around Celtic's players just now between Rocco Vatel, Pata, Lager Bielka and others but are you concerned we might lose one if not both of those guys? Um, no, I'm not this window um, I think that the way that we're operating at the moment um, it, we can we can definitely hold our hold our, our, our position on this one and say it's going to be summer at the earliest if you if you want to go into the negotiating table. Um, I think that we know how important it is this season and, and not to disrupt the flow, albeit there's not much been much of a consistency with Carter Vickers this season, sadly. Um, but no, I, I think it would be crazy if Celtic were to, to let any of those guys go. If they do, they need, they need to be able to back it up in that sense. They need to be able to have players ready to come in. Now, is that the way? Is that the hesitation why we're not seeing players coming in? I don't know with this board. I really don't. However, I still have enough hope that, that they're not going to let players like O'Reilly and Carter Vickers go in this window. I don't think they will. Yeah, it would be madness, wouldn't it? And, you know, James, regardless of the money that comes in, uh, we've had this discussion before. We spoke about Matt O'Reilly a number of weeks ago. Celtic have negotiated their contracts for these players pretty smartly. And, and even like Sir Nicholas Kuhn, he's coming in a five and a half year deal, which is quite unheard of. But what they are doing, you know, in a smart way is protecting the assets. And if someone's desperate for Matt O'Reilly, for example, they need to pay top dollar. And I, 
I'm not saying Matt O'Reilly's worth 30, 35, 40 million, but that's what Celtic should hold out for. You know, that the market's, you know, what people are willing to pay and supply and demand and all that stuff. So if some big hitter from Serie A comes calling, then you say, listen, he's under contract. He's happy where he is. If you really want to have a chance, go and make us a big offer and we'll think about it. And at that point, it can become a discussion. But it would be madness to lose both of them, certainly without any cover, given, you know, we stress it all the time, don't we? The importance of this season and qualification for the Champions League. Can you see any moves for any of the two? I don't. I think first and foremost, credit to the recruitment team for the um, the way they've structured contracts and contract renewals and improvements and all these things. Um, you know that, that's what's got us this this strong position. It's been the policy since Michael Nicholson took the helm. We're always happy to give these guys a hard time when they don't do so well. So let's give them credit for that. I think CCV. There's a contract on the table or around the table kind of thing, but I think everyone's a wee bit nervous about it. With you know getting back to full fitness and maybe they're waiting till that clicks in. But obviously that, that leaves a, a door open. Um, I don't see either going. Rogers was extremely, extremely relaxed when asked fairly pointedly about that. Um, and even one of the reporters asked, <laughs> always my biggest fear is would you sell them on the last day of the window and then it's it's too late for uh, replacements. But no, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Um, to get O'Reilly on a mid-contract, position you're talking about 20 million to get him in an early contract position which is where he is you're 25 to get him in that position when we have such a crucial period coming up it just needs to be astronomical you know like 30 plus as in that this is kind of f off pricing we don't want this to happen but if you happen to come up with that number then we need to think about it people talking about girona their maximum uh record signing is 6.6 million yeah. So are they really going to go to 25 million, 30 million for, for O'Reilly? I know they're you know city group and all that now, but I don't see that. I think most of these stories are really just agents probing and trying to see if there's a bit of weakness or a bit of um keenness from the player, weakness, weakness from the club or keenness from the player. And neither of those things are are in place. So nah, that'll go. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. I'm harking on about Serie A. You're absolutely right. It's Girona that are strongest linked with Matt O'Reilly. Um, I think they're top of Serie A, eh, La Liga just now, Paddy. So they must yeah. be doing something right. Um, but they are part of City Group, as James mentioned. So there's out with Man City, there's those various clubs across the globe and Australia and Brazil and, and Spain and elsewhere. Um, so they'll have, you know, good networks, good scouts, good systems. But I don't think they're a club that will shell out much more than, than the seven million they've already shelled out as their their record offer so yeah maybe it's just paper talk at this moment in time there is an interesting comment that's come in from RL77 I'll put it on screen read out can we sell Mark Lawwell in this window we bit snidey but I think, I think we're okay with it because um, <laughs> facetious as it may be people are a wee bit fed up James and Mark Lawwell and his team of you know the recruitment team they're under a lot of pressure to get it right this time yeah and I, th I think that's why he can't be as, as severe as that. You know, I think his performance has been poor, just been straight, but everyone deserves a chance to redeem themselves. There's been some, you know, positives in amongst a lot of negatives, and now we need to see that turn into a lot of positives. So I think in reality, you'd have to give them this window and summer to really say if you've got it or not. So I don't see anything happening in that regard until then, unless he decides, by the way, that, do you know what? I'm getting a load of snash here. I could be going working somewhere else, getting paid better, peace and quiet, et cetera, et cetera. 
So I think the only way that that changes is, is if Mark Law decides that he wants to, to follow a different path. But let's give him a chance to redeem himself. But it's on now and in the summer. Yeah, very magnanimous of you, James. It wasn't what you were saying a couple of weeks ago in the weekly show, but but we'll go with it. Couldn't calm me down a wee bit, you know. Fair enough. Yeah, let's turn the attention back to Sunday's game. So, as I'd said, part at the top of the piece, very interesting tie. Um, a great buzz for everyone at Bucky Thistle. I heard there was a chairman or a CEO somebody on Talksport earlier on just talking about the buzz around the town. At the moment, they've sold two thousand two hundred tickets, and the potential of more to be sold between now and kickoff. There's busloads coming down, staying in Glasgow the night before, all that kind of stuff. And as it's the cliched romance of the cup and, and good luck to them. And I hope, to, to quote Brendan Rodgers, James, he hopes they have a, a really good day, just not too good uh, at the end of it. But Paddy, what, what should Celtic do? How should Brendan Rodgers set out for this? Should he go, you know, very experienced, you know, very you know close to full strength? Or should he mix it up a wee bit? Um, I don't think he'll mix it up too much. I think maybe two or three will, will probably make, make their way into the, the starting lineup that aren't normally there. And I think for me, it's, it's just getting the minutes in the players' legs again and just getting them up to speed um, for, for obviously the, the league action returning next week as well. Um, and it's no disrespect to Bucky. I think obviously everyone knows the level they're at, the level that we're at. Um, but I think tomorrow is, is a good game uh, just to go, sorry, Sunday is a good game just to, to go and get get the players woke up a little bit after that little winter break and, and just kick on uh, with the form that we've had. So, again, we, we spoke about consistency um, in the last couple of months, the last season, uh, sorry, last year. Um, I think it's making sure that we just we just part, like, part away with that winter break and just get ready to go for the second half of the season. And I don't really want to see it upset too much, to be honest with you. Yeah, and there's obviously a number of guys that we can't call upon. We've mentioned Kuhn and CC View, who, who both won't be available. But that aside, you've got the five guys at the Asian Cup. You've got Hitati, Maeda, Oh, Yang and Tilio. Not getting a lot of game time either. You might have caught some of the Japan stuff this afternoon. Uh, Japan via Rack James, obviously a big game for all concerned. But they, they lost 2-1, a bit of a surprise result. Japan lost 2-1. And I think they brought Hitati and Maeda on at the same time, around about 73, 74 minutes. Hitati provided an assist. Um, but wasn't enough. They lost the game in the end up. And it seems in general that the Japan manager doesn't have a big thing for the Celtic players. He doesn't seem to give them a lot of game time, which is a separate matter. But you're without those two lads. You're without the two South Koreans, Owen Yang, who are, who also are struggling for game time, and Marco Tilio, who maybe expectedly was a sub not used for Australia. So there's not a you know there's a lot of guys missing, and there's some positions where Rogers will be forced into certain decisions. Yeah, um, I think to, to, just to look at the players that are away not playing, you would expect O, Yang and Telio to be bench players anyway. Um, so no issues there. Uh, I certainly wouldn't expect Hitati to be a bench player. Probably not my idea as well, given his efforts for Japan in the World Cup. So some some bizarre, some expected. But yeah, I think I think a few players forced out and there'll be a few players you know, brought in to freshen things up. But I, I think... Just looking at what I've sketched out as a team, I think largely it will be a pretty solid team because the most important thing is that these guys are right back up to speed for uh, Ross County next week. And certainly not looking at this you know, in, in any way disrespectful like a pre-season game, but it's a game before you're back into your league, um, which is crucial that we go on a, a really strong run over the next six weeks in the league. So, um, yeah, I think get the players back up to speed, back into flow is, is the key takeaway for Sunday as well as being still in the, in the hat. Yeah. Just on that then, James, what's your goalie and back four looking like? 
Um, I'm going to go for Bain goals. Just warm up the gloves. They've not been used in how long, you know. Um, I think just, aye, we need to see if we've got a sub goalie at all. So I think we'll, we'll start with Bain. I was going to go for Ralston right back, but I think Johnson needs the game time. He was, you know, really indifferent. Some good stuff, some shocking stuff in the last, probably last four months. So I think he needs the game. Uh, I'm going to go for Welsh and Scales. The romantic enemy is putting Welsh in because he's up against his cousin, yeah. which is a, a nice wee novelty. But I also think Welsh against final and against um, Rangers. I thought he played really, really well in both those games. And it was only Alistair Johnson's hospital pass that meant he had to go off against Rangers. So Welsh looked like he was coming on to a game and we need to see what we've got from him. So Welsh and Scales, my centre-halves. And I'm going to go, in case Celtic don't sign a left-back this window, which you never know, it could happen. Rodgers will want to see what Mitchell Frame's all about. I think Mitchell Frame will start. Do you really think he'll start? Or is it just yeah. for a bit of mixing up? Because I think he might feature. I don't know if starting him's too soon. He's never started again for Celtic. He's only got that wee cameo against Feyenoord. Um, but you're right, we have zero cover at left-back. And if, worst-case scenario, Greg Taylor picked up any sort of injury that kept him out, even for a couple of games, then you're having to shuffle the pack. You know, you, you might move Liam Scales across, but let's see if we've got an actual left back in Mitchell Frame. And I actually think it's negligent not to experiment with him in this game. You know, if, if he's good enough for Celtic to be in the bench and to come on against Feyenoord, with every respect, he's good enough to feature against Bucky Thistle. So it could be an interesting one. Paddy, you'll have seen the headline that James mentioned, uh, Stephen Welsh's cousin. I think it's a lad, Josh Peters, if I've got the name right. Um, so his young cousin plays for Bucky Thistle. Nice occasion, but... Sentimentality aside, I think Stephen Welsh has done good, well enough to get the jersey. I actually wasn't sure if he was going to be out for a number of weeks after yeah. the injury against Rangers. It looked like a shoulder dislocation, which you're kind of six-week minimum. We never get any update given the time of year it was. There was less press conferences. And all of a sudden, he seems back in the frame. Yeah, um, great to see. I think uh, I would agree with, with both you guys. I think he, he held him, held his head high in both of the, the Feyenoord and the Rangers game up until obviously he was taken off. Um, I, I still think that, you know, with, like it's it's absolutely fine to go and give him a go tomorrow, but I would also still like to see Nabrowski come in and, and, and be given game time as well because for me, this is the guy that's got to really be pushing for a jersey in the second half of the season, not, not Stephen Welsh. Um, I think Welsh has, has had enough time at the club to really go and try and do something and we've just not seen it from him. Um, whereas we go and shell that amount of money out in the summer on what would be a big a big player for us. Um, and he's just had a horrendous first six months at the club or first five months. I think we give him a go um, and get him into the team, get him into these games and, and see if he can kick on the second half of the season. Um, I wouldn't be unhappy with Welsh starting, absolutely, but um, I think we we try and, and get this guy bedded in as soon as. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And I think what's interesting, James, is the conversation at the moment, I think, means uh, that it'll be two out of the three between Scales, Welsh and Mike Navrocki. And Lager Delka just, he is out of the picture and it looks like the club are working at getting him uh, a move away. Paddy, do you agree with James elsewhere? Is it Alistair Johnson right back? And, and any comments on the left-back situation? Um, I, I could maybe see him opting for either or Ralston or, or, or Johnson tomorrow, uh, sorry, Sunday. Um, I think that 
I'm with you. I think Johnson needs to play. I think uh, I want him to kick on as well. I think we've been waiting to to see Alistair Johnson show up this season. Um, and then in left back, yeah, I would give Mitchell Frame a go. 100% agree with that. I think um, he he looked very comfortable on the ball against Feyenoord. And um, I, I just think that these are the kind of games that you, you really want to go and see what the guys can do. And, and if they can, you know, they can take the pressure of 20, 25 minutes in a Champions League game, I, I'm pretty sure they'll be comfortable going into this one. Um, okay, on the defensive side of things, it's more what can they do going forward for us as they go up. Uh, an end ball, has he got um, the ability, has he got the brightness to make sure that he's, he's getting into the right positions, this is the kind of games you want to go and see that um, I'm not saying that this is what he's going to be up at, against every week, but it'll be a bit more open for him to show what he can do so um, yeah, I would be quite quite uh, comfortable with Mitchell Frame starting. Yeah, it would be an interesting one and I think I think as fans James, you always want to see your youth players coming through and you're always excited as to who the next KT, the next Carmack, the next James Forrest might be. And I've not had anyone to get really excited about, you know, fairly recently. Karamoko Dembele didn't work out. Rocco Vat is not working out. Ben Doak jumped ship before we really got to see him. And whether it's Mitchell Frame or, or somebody else, you'd be excited to, to see what the next batch of youths, you know, can do for Celtic. Um, but let's move into the midfield. I think the midfield three picks, ex- picks itself at this moment in time based on recent games. So for me, it'd be Callum McGregor. Matt O'Reilly and Paolo Bernardo. Uh, James, you're quoted as saying that Bernardo is who you think was a big driver between behind the club's upturn in form in the last few games. So is he back in for you? Yeah, no experimenting in the engine room. That, that's exactly my three. Cal Mack, Matt O'Reilly and uh, Bernardo. Um, I don't see any of the options. If Atati was on the bench or, or in, um, coming back from fitness, sorry, coming back from injury, then you would say, well, he you know, needs the game time, but he's not. So that's the only time I would have made a change there. The three of those lads are, you know, been solid the last four games and it's got to remain the same. Yeah, I think so. Um, Paddy, sadly, we don't have the option uh, of seeing Quan in there. Might have been an ideal game for him, actually. Uh, I've, been quite, I've been quite intrigued to see him. St Murner at home tomorrow to Queen of the South in the Scottish Cup. Maybe one worth checking out, Paddy, if you find yourself with a bit of time in your hands. But um, no, Quan moves on. And I think actually, you know, before the break there, that midfield three was settling in and you had Hitati chapping the door. Um, someone in the comments, Jason, is asking about Hitati getting some minutes. I don't know if he's at it, Jason, but he's he's unavailable, of course, because he's at the Asian Cup. So that midfield three at the moment, Paddy, it does seem to pick itself, doesn't it? It does, but actually, I think he's also Jason's been on to make another comment at the bottom. Um, he's on un- Paolo's undroppable at the moment, and I-, I would put that one to you guys. Like, does is it his jersey for the rest of the season? For me, for me, he's, he's made a really, really good claim. Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know, obviously, getting that goal before the Rangers game, James just gave him a bit of confidence. And what you've seen, you know, as far as we can judge in recent weeks, is what what looks like the real Paolo Bernardo. You know, he's now settled in. He's spent a few months in Glasgow. He turns 22 around about now. His birthday's just kind of somewhere late January. And he'll be feeling really good about himself. You'll have seen the fact that he was out um, during the break. He was in Dubai, wasn't he, with Alistair, no, Tony Ralston, Matt O'Reilly, and one other, Steve I think Welsh. it was. Welsh. Stephen Welsh. Welsh. So he's obviously, you know, bonding with his teammates, you know, enjoying life in Glasgow and enjoying what he's doing. Um, and it's a great question from Paddy there, you know, is it his shirt to lose? And you'd have to say it is. Hundred percent is, but the, the the biggest thing about that is it's the first time um since Rogers came back that we're looking at strength and depth. 
So if you've got the options, just, just say you're picking two from three of Matt O'Reilly, Bernardo and Hatati, that is a different game to what we've been playing the whole season. So that, you know, fair play to Bernardo for stepping up. I've been taking some time to step up, but for stepping up and making that the challenge. The challenge is now which quality player do I put in rather than do I go for someone more technical in Turnbull that will slow my game down or do I go for Bernardo who's not quite you know, settled in yet? It's it's all changed um, and it's, it's great to see. Yeah. Um, just a few other guys to mention before we move on to the, the front line, James. So there's obviously some other guys on the periphery between Odin Thiago Home, turned 21 years of age yesterday, so you know, a very young guy. Um, David Turnbull, who can now sign a, a pre-contract with anybody, so he's in that stage in his contract. Um, and Tomoki Iwata, who I think all of us in the show are quite big fans of, we think he's got something to offer, but has been unlucky with injury and, and, a, and a kind of stop-start uh, to life at Celtic. And he's now a year in the door, was that last January, Paddy? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So a year on the door and he's he's not quite got going. But James, any comments on, on those three lads? Yeah, I was thinking about Iwata when um, you were on the, the Celtic Way, when you were cheating on us with our podcast on the Celtic Way, no less. Um, and I, you know, he kind of wasn't really getting mentioned. And we were all quite happy that he came in and he picked up that number six position and he was really allowing us to thrive, you know, to, to, to allow McGregor to go forward. Obviously, really... Um, heavy knock he took in the fire in their game that's, that's, that's taken him out. Um, but I think he, again, you know, to what I was saying, saying just a minute ago, he's part of that quality flavour that if you want to change things up, if you want to rest Matt O'Reilly and rest Bernardo, you can have a Tati and McGregor up there and you can have um, you can have the big man sitting in the number six. So, no, I, I think he's very much part of the mix. I think home is a bit of the... If you know, if we can get him up to a level, if we can develop him to a level, then we can let Anawata or someone get signed for big money, and then that clicks into place. I don't think he's at the level yet. I wonder if a, a loan would be the move for him just now because I'd love to see him getting game time. We've seen bits and bobs from him. There's quality there. It's just experience and a wee bit more maturity. Um, David Turnbull's gone. That's that done. I think so too. Paddy is is the party over for Dave Turnbull. I think it has been for a long time, to be honest. Um, although it's been very quiet in the Western Front, unless something's happened today about teams um, maybe coming in and look to get him uh, this window. Um, but yeah, I think he's just uh, winding down the contract and will leave in the summer. Um, a real shame for him. Um, but ultimately, uh, the opportunities have been there for David Turnbull. And I, I wish him all the best. I really, really do. I think he's a a very good talent um, and I just feel so sorry for a player with that talent to have the injuries that he's had. Um, but yeah, I think we, we kick on with the competition we have now. Just some good comments there. Like um, I've seen someone saying we, we can't we can't forget about Hatati. Absolutely not. I think for me, he was one of the best midfielders in the league last season. Um, but my God, is it not Joyce uh, that we've got uh, we've got this competition going into the second half of the season and we are going to need those players. We are going to need those winners um, going into that final final half. And I think uh, to have him, to have him pushing the rest in front of him, uh, because they are in front of him for the time being, is only a good thing for Celtic. Yeah, and I think, you know, you've got to look at a couple of things. Hitati, James, has, hasn't really been fit fully at any point in this season. So you've got Hitati who will be like a new player when he comes back for the Asian Cup. 
And you've also got Paolo Bernardo, who I think has turned the corner. And even six weeks ago, if Benfica had recalled him early or if he decided to go home early, nobody would have been bothered about it. You'd have said, yeah, that's just not worked out. That's fine. We move on. Now you've got a, a Paolo Bernardo who's absolutely flying. And you, we know all about Rio Hattati and what he'll bring. And I hope he does well for his country in the Asian Cup. But I hope he's back to Celtic Park pretty soon uh, to show us all what he can do. Paddy, I'll come to you for the front line. Um, I think Kyogo's the only recognised number nine at the club at the moment. I think yeah. him and Ova are the only two options. And Ova's obviously away. So I suppose it must be Kyogo through the middle. Um, and the question would be, who's the two wide men? Two wide men, I think uh, you would want to see um, Palmer go in there. Um, and then on, on the right, I, I would struggle, to be honest. I'd struggle to, to, to pick a, a... I don't know if it's maybe going back to Johnston just for obviously the player that's been in and about the team. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm struggling on that one uh, with obviously the players that are away as well. Um, I don't think a badder plays. I don't. I, I, I've just got a feeling that it's it's time up um, for him. But we'll, we'll, again, we'll see on Sunday. Um, I would love a badder to come in and play, absolutely. But I've just got a weird feeling about the full thing. Um, so, yeah, I would say maybe, maybe Mikey on that one. Yeah, I feel similar, James, about a bad. I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's just, you know, the rumblings that are doing the rounds, um, the paper talk. You know, Stephen McGowan obviously has a close link at the club and he done a big piece on the fact that he might move on on loan or otherwise. Um, I suppose we'll find out tomorrow. Um, you know, he might be, he might start and he might be out of the squad altogether. I really can't can't quite work out what's going to happen with, with Leal Abada. So what's your take on that and what do you think the wide options will be? Yeah, first things first to um, not delete, but you know, I was very kind of maybe kind to Mark Lowell earlier on. If Mark Lowell wants to know why he's getting a hard time, it's the fact that we don't have a choice of striker at Celtic Football Club. We've got a default striker, a quality striker, but you can't pick any other. That is a disgrace. And we knew it was coming, so no excuses. Get to work. Um, in the wing areas, I think we'll see a better. I think the relationship he's got with Rodgers takes him that far. Um, it might be, you know, hard for him to play at Celtic Park, despite the reception he's had, you know, very positive reception. He's getting all sorts of grief in his ear um, for the young guy. It's a horrendous situation. Um, he's not come out and been overly political on it. I have my own views on, on the situation there, but um, if he decides that he's future is elsewhere, that's absolutely fine and he goes my best wishes. You know, he's been a great contributor to to Celtic under Ange um, and only injuries because Israel don't know how to run a training session is what's put him out for for so long this season. So, no, I'm, I've always been a big fan and I think he'll play tomorrow. Whether it's his swan song, I don't know. But I think we're looking at Abada and Palmer on the wings. I think it'll be Mikey Johnson and it's not just wishful thinking. From my point of view, I think, again, just to point back to where you're at, James, with it, it is absolutely criminal that Celtic have only got one number nine at this moment in time. And yeah, you can't, well, I was going to say you can't account for Asian Cups. Well, you can because it's in the calendar. You know it's coming up. Right. If you sign a guy for South Korea, we're only lucky that Kyogo's not there as well. If Kyogo had been on better form, he'd have been at the Asian Cup, sitting on the bench for the uh, so I, I don't know what you'd have done. And it's also, it's a bigger discussion for another day, but... It's also really poor that there's no young striker banging the door. You know, that, that used to be something you'd get excited about. Celtic were famed for young number nines coming through 
and I know I'm going back about here, but guys like Jerry Craney and Charlie Nicholas, and we done Mark Burchill as a mystery sell during the week. You know, he was a good young striker, didn't quite work out, but he had something. There's nobody, I, I can't tell you who the, the striker is for Celtic's B team at the moment. And, I, you know, I catch bits and bobs of that and keep fairly close to it, but there's nobody, there's nobody banging the door down, James, is there? Oh, uh, you know, and that, that's, I suppose, a wider question. And, you know, we could have a full show on that itself. There's, there's got to be some kind of restructuring um, required at the youth level. I don't know if Celtic are, you know, we do invest a lot in that. And it's, it's a necessity that we have a youth set up because of the Champions League. You don't get in the Champions League without one. So if we're going to do it, let's do it right. You know, we've got links to City Group. What are they doing that we can borrow ideas like that? So, but anyway... It's, it's a wide, wide question. My biggest concern about the situation, not my biggest concern, but one of my big concerns for Sunday is the situation he's put us in, the recruitment team has put us in with Kyogo up there. You've got some pretty physical players and Kyogo's carrying a knock. You know, we could be sitting in a situation where they go hard on that to, you know, test the injuries to, to reference the Sky Sports commentators. Um, and that puts him out. And then who do you play up front against Ross County? That's the, that's the criminal thing. Yeah, and actually, when, when you're talking it through, I, I've said for long enough um, in recent weeks that left back's the absolute priority for me. But when you're having discussions like this, you realise just how important it is for Celtic to get a proper striker in. And we've seen the ongoing speculation about Matthias Kvistgarden out in Bronby, and the latest chat is that Celtic might revisit oh, that one man. in summer. And it's like, fine, revisit that in summer. What are you doing right now? Who else is there around right now? And I do appreciate and accept Roger's comments about. We're not just going to bring somebody in for the sake of it, but surely there must be someone talented enough and attainable enough for Celtic to just go and sign Paddy. Um, if only it was that easy, you know. I, I just I think that it, it really needs to make sense for the team. It really needs to make sense for the the kind of setup that we have, the the philosophy that they, they follow. Um, I think that that's something that has been missing within Celtic for a long time and. Definitely, I think I agree with you guys. We don't see any young strikers knocking the door and coming through and, and really trying to stake a claim for a for a, a jersey. When it comes to this position, we're saying that we're going to wait till the summer in terms of this guy, Vista uh, Garden, sorry. Uh, I think that we need to, we really need to question, well, what are we doing in the background? Are we, are we maybe sit, sitting pretty light? Because I, I think obviously we will wait and see if we can do the rest of the season with O and Kyogo, um, but we need to wait and O coming back. And like you say, James, anything anything can happen to the wee man. Is there a player out there that we go and try and get for four or five months? If so, yeah. who, who is it? Is it is it a, a player that's maybe at the, the wrong side of 30 that's looking just to kind of come up for a, a stint? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. But we should not be in this position. That's a, that's a given. Yeah. Colin, Kazim Richards, Carlton Cole, all these guys, Paddy, I'd, I'd seen, a people, seen a few people speaking about Danny Ings, which I wouldn't be too against, but is he going to come and sit on the bench when Kyogo's fit? Probably not. Mm, it's a tricky one. Hey, there's a comment coming from Celtic first, good friend of the show. Uh, makes a really good point. He says, had we got our act together, Sunday's match would have been a perfect opportunity for a new striker to make his bow and grab a goal. And it's spot on. You know, it's, it's a real good opportunity to to get these kind of guys in and get them used to Celtic Park and just get that first game out the road but you know obviously we've not done enough work on the day so we'll just need to wait and see lads we'll need to you know sit tight fingers crossed for the next as I say 
11 days or so and, and hope that Mark Lowell and the recruitment team surprises, pleasantly surprises and, and bring in the the necessary backup that we really, really need at left back and striker and potentially elsewhere. Um, let's turn our attention to Bucky Thistle. So, James, you've obviously uh, had a wee look at where they're at and what they're doing. So we touched on it at the start. I think they're 10 games, not just 10 games unbeaten. They've won 10 games on the bounce, albeit I think one or two were after extra time in the cup. They, they had a 98th minute equaliser to take their last tie against Brockburn into extra time and then penalties. So they're obviously in good form. As I say, they'll, they'll come down here absolutely buzzing. They, they've been dreaming about this. When was the draw? Five weeks ago, something like that. Uh, they'll be so excited for what, what Sunday's going to bring. So what do you think Celtic can expect on the day? Probably one of the most motivated sides you've come up against all season. They'll be absolutely flying. Um, you know, quality's got to be the, the key factor and controlling the game. You know, if, if we let them set a frenetic pace and make it physical, if the referee allows that to go, always a chance. Um, if the referee lets things go like he did against Kilmarnock in the Cup, you know, it could be could be sticky. But the quality should tell, obviously. But yeah, they're going to be really motivated. You know, winning teams have such momentum and it creates such belief. You know, you, you always hear about teams saying, you know, teams of our stature to, stature are down in England saying, oh, you know, we should maybe play the kids in the Cup. And you say, well, no, because if you win in the Cup, that's another win towards your winning run and all these things. And that momentum builds. And that's where Bucky are at at the moment. You know, they're, they're winning left, right and centre. Haven't lost since August, I think it is. So they're going to be full of confidence. They're going to have a lot of physical players in their team. So it's it's going to be a real challenge. And, you know, you've got to welcome that. that that's going to make it the game as. Yeah. Paddy, I didn't have enough time to look at their, their style, their system, their formation. and I don't know if they invert the fullback. So can you elaborate a wee bit and let us know just exactly how they set up, please? No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think I think uh, Celtic have given them the respect they deserve though they sent Peter Houston um, fairly well known Scottish football manager slash coach slash scout and he went out to watch them play Huntley I think in their last game so and I'm pleased to hear that you know there's there's full respect been given to them you never know that you know they might have a couple of danger men that Celtic need to you know shut down all these kind of things and I think Celtic have approached this one in the right way, Paddy. Brendan Rodgers has said the right things. We're welcoming as a club. We've given them a big ticket allocation. We're making it the the Scottish Cup carnival type atmosphere that it should be for such a, a tie. And yeah, I think Celtic have, have done the right thing with it. Yeah, I think so too. And as we'll continue to say, it's a massive day for, for that club. But I think that um, this is a competition that we want to win. Um, so yeah, you, you respect the opposition and you make sure that you're you're up for the game. Um, like I say, it could be one of those ones that's pretty stuffy. Um, but I just think that the quality will will uh, will take over for for Celtic on this one. Um, I think that it's uh, it's brilliant to see the the smaller teams get to this this area in the Scottish Cup as well. And um, when we speak about it, the magic of the cup. You want to see runs continue. Um, just sadly for for Bucky, hopefully not not pass this round for them. Yeah. Um and just on that, Paddy, what would your scoreline prediction be? Are you expecting the four, five, six, seven, or or where are you at? I'll go four now, Celtic. Four now, fairly comfortable. Um James, over yourself, what do you think we're going to see in terms of your score? Five one, because I picked Bane and goals. Bane, <laughs> Bane gonna let us down. Um before I forget to say it, and it's just because you lads were were talking it through, I don't think we'll start Kyogo on on Sunday. 
I think he might protect Kyogo Furuhashi. And it does two things. It allows Brendan Rodgers to protect his one of his biggest assets, if not the biggest asset. And it allows him to say to the board, look at this, I've had to play Mikey Johnson, Leah Labada, somebody else through the middle. Um, and that's because you've not been doing your work over the last couple of windows. So I think Brendan Rodgers might take the opportunity to do that. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. And, and obviously there's a few different question marks over the lineup that we've discussed. Goalkeeper, left back, different things. But I think that might be the surprise at striker. So uh, so 5-1, James, you think we, we might concede, but we, we should be comfy on the day, yeah? Yeah, I think they'll be they'll be at it early doors. You know, they'll be they'll be flying out the traps. I think on on Sunday, uh, Rogers will have them well motivated to go and you know just get back into the rhythm, get back into the flow of things, and really drive us on to this title. So that starts on Sunday with a good performance that takes you into Ross County next week. Yeah, and it's Ross County at home party uh, next Saturday, three o'clock kickoff at Celtic Park, and. Bryn Rogers and most managers will also will always tell you the next game is the most important one, but we can glance beyond Bucky Thistle and I think Brendan Rodgers will do that if we get to a point in the tie on Sunday where it's comfortable I think he'll be smart about some of the moves he makes but Paddy's we're starting to wrap this one up any final thoughts ahead of Sunday's game? Yeah just great to have the football back and I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how, the, how the team's looking it would be nice to see some new faces come in as well I would like to see the likes of Mitchell Frame um, make a start on, on Sunday Um and it would be interesting to see who they, they would go with up top as well if they were to rescue Ogo. Um, but I, I think uh, it'll, be, it'll be a good game for us, I think, just to get things going again. Um, and the good thing is as well is the, the time in between this game, just um, to kind of take stock of how it went and just be ready for, for Ross County next week as well. But good to have football back. Hopefully it's a good draw for us if we do go through as well. Yeah, James, as Paddy said earlier on, we're nearly three weeks, um, or come Sunday, it'll be nearly three weeks since that game against St Mirren on the 2nd of January. So first and foremost, as it's good to get Celtic back. Um, there's been plenty to talk about, mind you, in, you know, in the interim with the lack of signings and different things going on, but you know, you can't beat the games and, and that's what we've got to look forward to on Sunday. Yeah, that's it. You know, we're football fans, we like to see football, you know. So um, I think that it is a good uh, initiative that the, the the winter break, so let's us rest, let's us get into the, the transfer window and sign guys like Kuhn and stuff like that. But we should have done more, but we are where we are. So let's have a strong performance on Sunday and a stronger performance from the transfer team over the next, what, 10, 12 days. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's such a, a priority at this moment in time. But in the meantime, we've got Bucky Thistle to take care of on Sunday. It's one to look forward to. Big occasion for them. Great for us to get back to football. My thanks to James and Paddy for joining me. And as always, thanks to yourselves for joining, whether it was on the YouTube live, listening to the podcast or whatever else you tune in. Thanks for that. And we'll see you after the game on Sunday. We'll be around about seven o'clock with the final whistle show. We'll catch you then. Podcast Network.